It's so good to be here. Oh, my gosh. It's fun. Um, a lot of you, uh, I don't know about a lot of you guys, but there are so many of you guys who have come to our campus on SBO. And so it's really great to see some familiar faces. Who's been to U of I on an SBO? Oh, my gosh. Okay, if you have not been to U of I on an SBO, that's the right acronym placement, um, you should come. It's great. Uh, so, like, uh, we talked about, I was a intern at Central. Uh, I was actually privileged enough to take Tim and Brayden on my intern SBO trip. I found this picture. What? Why is this picture on my phone? Like, I feel like it kind of looked like half of it looks like a prank photo, and then the other half looks like a mom photo. So I can't tell if you guys took it or if I took it. You know, who knows? Um, hey, Tim and Brayden, they are some of the best question askers you will ever meet in the entire world. And so if you want to gain wisdom, talk to them. Um, really, if you want to gain, gain wisdom, talk to any of your staff. Um, and they have wisdom because they ask questions. Um, okay, so here's my question to you guys. How would you describe yourself? So for me, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I'm energetic. Uh, I don't actually need caffeine. Um, and then I, I'm a creamer lover who drinks a little bit of coffee. Uh, and then I like talking a lot. So Jesus and I are working on this one. Um, so what about you guys? How would you describe yourself? Just think for a minute. Maybe write it down. How would you describe yourself? Okay. This, th I'm just riffing right now. So this isn't even a big part of my message. So I'm going to move on. Um, here's my question. Uh, here's my next question. Would you use this word? Whoa. Oh, wait, go back, go back, go back. That's my wife and my puppy. Uh, okay, I forgot that was there. We did so many. My wife's name is Dorothy. She's wonderful. Okay, next one. That is the, supposed to be the word wise. Okay, wis. Okay, so if you want to be wis, come to this fall retreat. Um, okay, so, so this Man, I don't even know what to do anymore. Okay. This is a big word, right? The word is supposed to be wise, and wise is not, it's not a bad word. In fact, it's like a good word. But do we consider ourselves to be wise? Do we consider ourselves to have, did someone say, that's me. Is that what you guys wrote down? Now, I don't know about you, but I would love to be wise. Um, in fact, I don't know anyone who doesn't want to be wise. Like, did anyone wake up this morning and was like, yeah, you know, today I want to be foolish. I really would love, oh, my gosh, uh, it would fill my heart to be seen as dumb and incompetent. Right? No one did that. If any of you did that, maybe this retreat isn't for you. Um, or maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, I think we all desire to be wise. This is a huge affirmation in church circles. He or she is so wise. Um, we want to give our wisdom to our friends. We want to be respected, not just for what we know about the world, but how we incorporate that knowledge into our lives. 
We want to know how to go about life in a wise way, whether that's money, relationships, how to be a godly man or woman. What should I believe? Maybe we need wisdom for what is next. So we go out and search for wisdom. Now, here's the problem. The world doesn't know what wisdom is. Okay, here's a picture of my brother, dad, and I at a baseball game. Um, Dorothy said that I look totally different in a baseball cap. So, um, anyways, I love both of them dearly. This is important for the story. I'm not, like, ragging. I don't know. This isn't a comment. But um, my brother is vegan. uh, And so my brother, dad, and I, uh, that will be relevant to the story. (laughs) One second. Uh, My brother, dad, and I have started this trend. Uh, tradition to go to San Francisco Giants baseball games every year. Uh, One Giants fan? Okay, cool. You're the only one in the room. Okay. Um, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Okay. So uh, every summer, and this summer, we actually went to Washington, D.C. and watched the Giants lose to the Nationals. It was great. Um, And let me tell you guys, Washington, D.C. does not know what veganism is. Okay. So we got to the game. And my dad asked about, because my brother's vegan, about a vegan place. And uh, the lady that he asked was like, yeah, so it's like all the way down the hall. You go down the stairs, take a left, and, um, and that's where it is. And so when it came time for lunch, I don't like baseball, so I'm the, like, runner. Yeah, I know, I know. Why do I go? Um, and so, so I, go, I go and get the food, and my dad and brother enjoy the game. Um, it's like via VIP service uh, for cheap. Okay, I went, so I, I went up, I went all the way down the stairs, I took, I went, or down the hall, down the stairs, and it opened onto this a plaza, so I was a little confused about, like, what does take a left mean? Um, and so I asked this person, where's the vegan place? And she, like, pointed, oh, yeah, that booth is vegan. And so, and she even, like, asked someone else. She, like, walked up and she's like, hey, that's a vegan place, right? And the lady was like, yeah, that's a vegan place. So I went there, and I, like, Went to the front of the line, and I was all like, hey, what are your, op- what are your like, vegan options? <laughs> they looked at me, and they're all like, we're gluten-free. <laughs> like, not, not vegan. Okay, so then, so then I was like, okay, I need to find a different vegan place. So there was this place we Googled before going to the game called Melissa's Field of Greens. Um, that w- bad name, but hopefully they had good food. Uh, so not, not, not Melissa, but the Field of Greens part. Uh, it's okay, so I went there. I, uh, and they had three options. Uh, two of them were very, like, obvious, like, vegan tacos. Um, and then they had something called the vegetarian hot dog, and I was like, why isn't it called the vegan hot dog? Why is it vegetarian? And so, uh, and my brother wanted a hot dog, so I, like, went up to the front of the line, and I was like, why is it called, like, the vegetarian hot dog? And, uh, like, my brother's vegan, and <laughs> he looked at me, and they're all like, what is vegan? And, like, no eggs? And <laughs> I was like, no, no, no animal products. So, like, no milk, no eggs, no um, whatever else comes out of animals. Uh, and they, like, looked at me, and they're all like, we actually don't know what's in the vegetarian hot dog. We were just told to serve it. And so I called my brother, and I was like, hey, they, w- you're getting the tacos. <laughs> and he's like, that's fine. Um, so I went up, and I was like, well, get these tacos. Uh, and as they're, like, cooking the, like, taco stuff, um, they were all like, so what's vegan again? And I was all like, yeah, like no cheese, no eggs, no milk. And so they were all like, great. So we have all these different toppings. Um, 
so we got like carrots, and I was like, yeah, that's good. And they're all like, okay, good. What about like cilantro and onions? And I was like, yes, that is also good. And then, and then they were all like, what about like sour cream? <laughs> I was like, not good. And, and then the lady behind the counter was like, oh, because the milk comes out of the cow. So I kind of, ready for a hard transition? Ready? Okay. I kind of view our search for wisdom as my search for a vegan hot dog. <laughs> so we're looking for this really specific thing called wisdom. But we are in this crowded stadium with so many different vendors trying to sell their different products, worldviews, and perspectives. And we might be looking for wisdom on like, dating advice or political wisdom or maybe financial advice. And we scroll on Instagram. We listen to podcasts. We talk to our friends. But the more we explore our world, the more we realize that the world doesn't actually know what wisdom is. The world might have opinions. The world might even have knowledge. But our opinions and knowledge wisdom. So what will we do? Where will we find wisdom? This weekend, I'm so excited. We're going to be diving into the book of Proverbs. <laughs> That's a good, like, title thing. That was Jessica Seberg. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Proverbs is one of the books of the Bible that falls under wisdom literature. Um, and Proverbs is, like, famous for little one-liner sayings. Like, uh, here's a few. Proverbs 17, 17. Uh, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 22, 6, start children off the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Proverbs 10, 4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. So that's like what Proverbs is known for. And so we can see that Proverbs is full of wisdom. There's stuff about friendships, families, speech, money work ethic, our work ethic, and while Proverbs has extensive wisdom, so much wisdom, it is not an exhaustive list. Surprisingly, Proverbs has nothing to say about social media or America's current political climate and how to navigate it. It just simply doesn't cover every single situation that every single person has experienced over every single time period. It just doesn't. So how do we read Proverbs as Central Washington students living in Ellensburg, Washington in the 21st century? Well, let's turn to Proverbs and find out. But before we do, here's where we pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this retreat. Lord, come enter this place. Holy Spirit, change our hearts, transform our lives. Um, let it not be my words that speak to our hearts, but your words, Lord. May your cross um, not be empty, but its power this weekend. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start at the beginning. You guys ready? Okay, we're reading a lot of scripture tonight. Proverbs 1. 1. Okay, here, who here likes reading academic peer-reviewed articles? Oh, okay, you, there's some nerds in the room. Okay, I, I didn't say it. Okay, um, 
or I didn't say it first. Has anyone read like an academic peer-reviewed article before? Yeah? Okay, we're college students. Hopefully we have. Um, How does it start? Well, it starts with an abstract. Yeah. The abstract lays out the purpose of the article, why it's worth reading, and what kind of research the article is reporting on. So in the same way, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, lays the foundation of what Proverbs is all about. So let's start reading it. It will be on the slide, but not all of it. So if you have your Bible, flip to Proverbs 1. Uh, It should be about midway through your Bible. If you open it halfway, you're in Psalms, and then you flip it a little bit more to Proverbs. Um, Okay, here we go. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple. These Proverbs will give, oh, I already read that. Okay, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meanings in these Proverbs and parables the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, what does this intro tell us about wisdom? I think there are three things. First of all, Proverbs invites us to do wisdom. In Hebrew, the word for wisdom is chokmah. Say it with me. Chokmah, yeah, okay. I might have butchered that, but we'll, you know, we're running with it. Um, Chokmah is Jewish thought, uh, in Jewish thought, is the skill of living. So the first use of Chokmah in the Bible is in Exodus 28.3, where it refers to skilled artisans and craftsmen. So wisdom is not just an understanding, it is a lived out skill. Has anyone seen the TV show Monk? Okay, some Monk friend fans in here. Okay, it's so good, right? Um, so the basic premise is Monk is a, like a really intelligent private investigator uh, who struggles with OCD, paranoia, and many phobias. One of those phobias is swimming. And so in one episode, Monk says that he took a course on swimming, but he has never actually been in the water, right? So he has this little like business card with instructions on how to swim. And naturally, by the end of the episode, uh, he falls into the water and pulls out his little business card and is trying to stay afloat while reading it, right? So Monk has an understanding of swimming, but he does not have hokmah when it comes to swimming. Oftentimes, we draw a line between head knowledge and heart knowledge. During my intern year at Central, I was talking to Michael Mowry, who was the intern director then, and in a one-on-one, I don't remember like what it was about, but I remember saying, I know it up here, but I don't know it down here. And it was something like I heard growing up in my chur- in church my whole life. Anyone else hear that before? Okay, I know it up here, but I don't know it down here. Um, and then Michael very gently was like, Jeremy, I don't think the biblical authors saw there being a difference. <laughs> Basically, he was saying, if our knowledge of God 
is not lived out, do we have knowledge at all? If our knowledge about God is not lived out, do we have that knowledge at all? Okay, secondly, Proverbs invites us to become people of wisdom. What does that mean? Think about jazz improvisation. Yeah? Any jazz musicians? Okay, yeah, Elliot, okay. Um, now, I'm not talking about, like, bad jazz improvisation, okay? Now, some of you are like, any jazz improvisation is bad jazz improvisation. Um, not true. There is good jazz improvisation. In seventh and eighth grade, I was in jazz band. Yeah, look at me. Oh, so cute. Okay. Um, I played the sax, uh, you know, God's instrument, and our solos <laughs> in jazz band, our solos involved just blowing air through our horn and mashing the keys, you know, like, and that's, that's not improvisation, that's just noise, right? Good jazz improvisation blends into the surrounding song, and it causes you to think, like, how could they come up with such good music on the spot? And the answer to that is they practice the fundamentals. They go into the practice room and practice their scales day in and day out. They learn the basics of music theory. So when a solo comes their way, they can create beautiful music out of it. I think some of us improv with the current issues we are facing. They might be personal in issues, like anxiety and depression, or helping a friend get out of a bad relationship, or what do I do after college? We improv with those. We might also improv with social issues, like loving others while trying to stay true to the biblical ethic of sexuality, or how do we live from the addiction of social media? How do we live free from that? We might also improv with an issue like, who do I vote for? In short, I think we so desire to do wisdom that we forget to first become people of wisdom. We skip practicing the fundamentals, and we skip sitting for hours on end with the basics of our faith. We just skip over that. So when it comes to the pressing issues of today, we end up just sounding like a 7th and 8th grader smashing buttons on the saxophone and just making noise. But Proverbs invites us into a different life. Proverbs 5 and 6 say this. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the widowed. The sayings in the book of Proverbs aren't described as answers. What are they described as? Oh, we don't have it on the screen, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Um, they're described, oh, there it is. What are they described as, the Proverbs? They're not described as answers. They're described as parables and riddles. They are things that we can come back to and really have to wrestle with in order to become people of wisdom. So, thirdly, 
Proverbs invites us to see wisdom as originating from God. Proverbs invites us to see wisdom as originating from God. And we pause for a time to let that in. So, this is what Proverbs 1-7 says when it says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fear of the Lord is an awe and reverence for God. It is recognizing that God is God and we are not. And that is way easier easier said than believed. When I choose my way over God's way, I am acting as if I were God. When I judge someone, I am proclaiming myself as the source of judgment instead of God. And the same goes for when we judge ourselves and when we don't believe God's grace for us. So wisdom begins with a deep reverence for God and trusting that his way is better than our own. And out of that reverence and awe, we choose to live differently. So Proverbs invites us to become people of wisdom. And this, friends, is a high call. And Proverbs knows that. In fact, the book expands on these ideas for the next nine chapters before it jumps into the why one-liners we know. So Proverbs 1 through 9 plays out as a conversation between some of the voices of wisdom and the voices of of the world. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to step into that conversation. Um, there's a lot of like scripture in this dialogue, so I cut out some parts we don't have time for. Um, so look into it on your own time. In fact, maybe just read Proverbs in your God times this weekend. Um, also, to make it more interesting, I decided I'm, I'm doing something interesting here. Okay, so I've asked a few students to come up and be some of these voices. So what we have going on is we have the start of, yeah, come up, come up. So the start of this chunk of Proverbs, we have a father played by Elijah. Yeah, okay, talking, talking to his son, Elliot. Yeah, okay, okay, very good. Do you need like a chair or something or you're good standing? Okay, you're good standing. Okay, so you guys are going to start reading and then, yeah, okay, perfect. child, listen, when your father corrects you, do not neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back to them. They may say, (laughs) Unruly, man. child don't go along with them stray far away from them wi- from their paths <laughs> they rush and commit evil deeds they hurry and commit murder if a bird sees a trap being set it knows to stay away but these people set an, an ambush for themselves they are trying to get themselves killed 
Such is the, fault, the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gates. Treasure my commandments. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it is and what it means to fear the Lord. You will gain knowledge of God, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants treasure of common sense to honest. He gains his shield to those who walk in integrity. And he guards the path of the just. Protect those who are faithful to him. Okay, yeah, thank you. Uh, you didn't, guys didn't know you were coming to the community theater production of Proverbs. Okay, so Proverbs invites us to step into the shoes of the sun. And we are invited to see ourselves on a path. Now, the word for path or way in the Hebrew is the word derek. Yeah, okay. So uh, we introduced him. Derek Seberg is the co-director at UI Chi Alpha, Jessica's husband. Um, and anyone like making fun of their boss? Yeah? Okay, okay. So we love teasing Derek at U of I. It's like our favorite pastime. Um, we even had last year a Derek night where we all dressed up like Derek. Um, and during that night, I found this gem of a photo. Oh, look at that. What? That is like built for a meme template. Okay. So I am trying to get as much mileage out of that photo as humanly possible. Okay. So the picture of Proverbs is this. Next slide. We are on a path, a derrick, and we come to a point where the derrick, yeah. So we, it splits into two derricks. Yeah, we have the derrick of wisdom. And this is the voice of the father and of lady wisdom. And according to Proverbs, that path leads to life. Or you have the Derek of folly. Yeah. Okay. And these evil men, and so the evil men and another character later on named Lady Folly call us to this path. But that is the way that leads to death. Okay, all Derek's aside, this is the question of Proverbs. Who are you going to listen to? Derek, yeah. Okay, on the surface, it is so obvious. We need to follow Lady Wisdom. And the Father is clear. There is life we follow her. Proverbs, I think, is 2, 7, and 8. God grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. That sounds awesome, right? Like God is with us when we are on the path of wisdom. So why do we so often 
these songs. In preparing for the fall retreat, I was talking to my wife, Dorothy, and I was just like processing the idea of wisdom. I said, man, I think we all want to be wise. Like no one thinks that wisdom is a bad thing. I want to be wise. And then I paused and I corrected myself. I was like, no, I don't. I don't actually want to be wise. I want to be seen as wise. But I don't actively want to pursue wisdom. And I feel that to my core, don't you? I've been in this really bad habit lately of pushing my time with Jesus off just a little bit longer so I can spend time on YouTube. Instead of pursuing wisdom, I do what is easy and convenient. How many of us choose convenience or independence instead of pursuing wisdom? So the voices of folly know how to tap into our sinful and broken nature. And they tempt us. They tempt us with things like convenience. They tempt us with urgency. They tempt us with significance. They tempt us with emotional reasoning. And they tempt us with pleasure. And they don't just stop there with tempting us, but they also twist what wisdom truly is. They might say that wisdom is a killjoy in our life. They might say that wisdom is a cosmic to-do list. Or maybe they even say that wisdom will strip us of who we truly are. That is the voice of folly speaking. In what ways have you listened to the voices of folly? In the arenas of alcohol, hookup culture, social media, grades, or politics, you name it, and there is a choice involved. And the choice is who are you going to listen to? In the din of all of those voices, wisdom cries out. She does not wisdom call out. Does not understanding raise her voice at the highest point along the way where the paths meet. She takes her stand beside the gate leading into the city. And so we can hear Lady Wisdom's voice. Are we going to listen to her? Some of us might be ready to like jump on board and follow wisdom. Others of us might be a little bit more hesitant. The voices of folly want lady wisdom or twist. What am I saying? The voices of folly want to twist lady wisdom into something she is not. But who does the Bible Reveal her to be. Now, Proverbs 8, one of like the peak chapters of the Bible, is this long speech by Lady Wisdom. 
and we don't have time to work through it all, I highly, highly recommend reading it on your own time. But I want to hone in on one part of that speech. Here we go. Verse 22. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before the deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. And there were no and when there were no springs overflowing with water before the mountains were settled in place before the hills, I was given birth before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth. The Bible is filled with references to itself. Bible Project calls it haiku. And the biblical authors are constantly referencing the rest of the Bible in explicit and implicit ways. So did you know that this passage gets referenced later on in the Bible? Uh, Paul writes in his letters to the church of Colossae, uh, Colossians 1, verse 15, the Son, that is Jesus, uh, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Okay, so we're going to put these verses side by side. And notice that first line. The main phrase I want to draw attention to is that Jesus and Lady Wisdom are identified as the first in creation. I know. Paul sees Jesus as a lived-out embodiment of Lady Wisdom. And did you know that Jesus sees himself as an embodiment of God's wisdom as well? So here's a proverb. Proverbs 27.1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And here's something Jesus says. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Those are like the same verse, right? Okay, here's another proverb. Proverbs 10.25. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. And Matthew 7.27 says, uh, and this is at the end of one of Jesus' most famous teachings called the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus describes people who hear his teachings. If people hear and obey, they build their house on a rock. If they don't, if they hear and don't obey, they build their house on sand. And this is what he says. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and ag beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Those are really similar. And in fact, both of those quotes come from the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is kind of like Jesus's cover of Proverbs. Um, but it's like, one of those like good covers that's like equal in quality, if not better, like Johnny Cash's Hurt um, or Disturbed's version of Sound of Silence. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, you might be thinking, that's, that's great, Jeremy. Like, that's so cool and like intellectual of you, whatever. The Bible sees Jesus as an embodiment of Lady Wisdom, but why is that the good news? Because here's the good news. Proverbs' picture of wisdom is resistant. Through Proverbs, we are invited to sit down and be mentored by Lady Wisdom. And through Jesus, we are invited to walk with him 
and through his life and death, we see wisdom and strength. Okay, Dorothy and I bought our house two years ago. Yeah, that's, that's our lawn. Uh, and when we bought this yard, the, or the house, the yard was disastrous. Um, we could have, like, Googled, how do you make your lawn better? Um, and, like, we could have tried our best to follow that impersonal wisdom. But what did we do instead? We went to the lawn guru that we personally knew, Derek Seberg. Yeah. Okay, we chose the Derek of Derek. Yeah? Um, and he, oh man, Derek talks so much about his yard. Um, not, not just, like, his yard, but the science behind it. Like, I didn't even know the words yard and pH level could be used in the same sentence, right? Um, but he also, he doesn't just talk about it. He lives out lawn care. He has hoke ma with his lawn. Uh, when you come to SBO, you might see the Seabirds' house, and their lawn is very nice. And because Derek's, and <laughs> Derek's wisdom on our lawn was centered on relationships. He came over and looked at our lawn. He helped us take weeds and get us new peat moss. I still don't know what peat moss is. He helped power rake and mow our lawn in the early stages. And he even mapped out an entire sprinkler system and gave us supplies. We haven't put that in because we have a dog that eats everything. Um, so in an even greater way, God's wisdom is personal. God's wisdom is personal. And God is our perfect parent. None of us have perfect parents. Some of us, unfortunately, don't even have good parents. But God's parenthood is perfect. He is not a helicopter parent. He is not absent. He is not a lecturer. He is not abusive. And if you don't believe me, about that yet, that's okay. How might God want to show you his gift towards you? And what if we imagine God's wisdom like a good parent is him? My grandma walked me as a kid before school, after my parents went to work, um, and she would cook French toast and bacon every Wednesday. I associate the smells of cooking bacon with family warm feelings. What smells slash images or memories slash sounds do you have associated with wise parental figures in your life? Did your mom ever sit down to chat with you over a cup of tea? Did you ever have that teacher who like really cared about you as a person? God wants have a conversation with us. And it's like if our dad picks us up from school, and on the drive home he asks, hey, how was your day? You know, and instead of replying like we normally do to our parents, like fine, um, you reply, no, it was okay. My friend said he would give me the answer to the math test if I asked him. And your dad replies, did you? And you pause, and so your dad replies, you know, ill-gotten gains get you nowhere. An honest life is a murder. I mean, when he says that, 
Yeah, it carries weight and authority, and it is correction. But it is also an invitation wrapped in your relationship and care. Because our Father loves us too much to watch us walk down the path of folly. So God wants to have a conversation with all of us this weekend. Maybe you have come to this retreat this weekend and you're like, oh man, I think I'm on the path of folly. I have made some choices and I do not like where I am. Maybe you need to sit and ask God, Lord, what voices have I been listening to? And then we need to ask God, are they your voice? And maybe this whole concept of wisdom and folly is new to you, and you need to just sit and think, man, what if the authority of wisdom is something beyond myself? I mean, that's probably a good question for all of us to ask today. I think one way to begin this conversation with God is by looking at our relationship with him and our relationship with the other voices in the world. So as we move into uh, reflection time, do you guys reflect at the end of a message? Yeah? Okay, great. Um, I want us to reflect on our beliefs on these three questions. These I took from another Chi Alpha staff member at Western Washington University. So here are the three questions. Who has the right to tell me what to do? Here's the next. Who knows me best and who knows what is best for me? And the third question, who loves me most and who wants what's best for me? Now, I would challenge you, um, don't answer these questions with the right answer or what it should be. Does that make sense? Like if we grew up in church, like all of us are going to be like, yeah, Jesus. Um, So here are the actual reflection questions. What do you believe about those questions? Not just your head knowledge, but your heart knowledge. Because it's not accurate. So what do you believe about those questions? And then how might God want to show you that he can be the answer to those questions? So let's begin a conversation time with God. As we begin that conversation, let me pray. Lord, your wisdom is good. We trust your wisdom. Or if we don't, God, put us in a posture where we can start wrestling with it, your wisdom. Lord, help us really like unpack the voices we've been listening to. And God, help us learn to trust your voice. God, make us people of wisdom, not just people who want to be someone's boss. And in your name, Jesus.